Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get Out of Rat. Today, I'm joined by Jeanette Hunter, who is the contact centre specialist at Jabra. And I'm sure, like me, you would have heard Jeanette talk at uh, a contact centre event. And today, we're going to get the opportunity to hear Jeanette talk about our industry. She's a subject matter expert, and we're also going to find out about her, her career leading up to Jabra and all the things that that Jabra are doing. So Jeanette, thank you very much for coming on the show. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting us. Now we've just been, this could be an interesting one because we've both discovered we're very similar in that we can we can start talking about something that we're passionate about and then that bounces off into about three different other areas. <laughs> Strap in everyone. <laughs> yeah, apologies in advance if I if I go wandering off down a different path than I intended. But like I said, I've I've heard you talk a couple of times. I think you're always really interesting. And um, but w- where did it all start in this industry for you? Blimey, that's going back a few years. Um, so I never intended to to work in a contact centre. I'm not sure many people do. Um, I kind of left school, um, wasn't quite sure on what I wanted to do, and then fell into a job where I was picking up the phone and taking orders and, and speaking to customers day in day out. And actually, I really enjoyed the the atmosphere, the rapport, the team building, that sense of camaraderie. So kind of stuck at it. And actually, I was I was fortunate enough to work with some really great companies that, you know, have the ability to, to see, you know, maybe a bit of potential to be able to encourage that and nurture it. And, and then, you know, kind of meandered my way through every single possible role that you could name in the contact centre. So, you know, team leader, senior advisor, I've been um, manager, I've been heads of departments. I, I spent a brief period of time dipping in and out of data and being an MI analysis and um, then went on to technological change and, and being able to build business cases and, and implement tech that makes a real difference to the, to the organization as a whole or to individual agents. Um, and yeah, so kind of wandered my way throughout the contact center, really enjoying you know the structure, the, the the people that I worked with, actually being able to delight customers whilst enriching what agents are doing as well. So it it really was something I was passionate about, and met my other half in the contact centre, and he was contact centre trainer. Very dull conversations outside of work, and <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that kind of led up to to where I am now, which is is obviously in the specialist role with Jabra. There's there must be a, a startlingly high percentage of the guests that have come on this show that have met their other halves in the in the contact centre. But something there you said that I think a lot of people are going to be nodding along to two things. One, you never really expected to go for this job or stay in this sort of industry. But two, it was the teamship and the esprit de corps, you know, that kind of the, the fun that you can have and being in, in, in amongst a team. Was, were you, were you, was that whilst you were on the phones as well? Was that you could feel it then? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it, it's a hard job and, and hats off to anybody that works in the contact centre day in, day out. Picking up the phone and dealing with the customers is, is not an easy thing to do. And I don't think if it wasn't for that sense of camaraderie and that, that sense of kind of uh, fun and reward for what you're doing, I don't think anybody would stick mm. at it. Um, mm. So, yeah, absolutely. When I was on the phone. And then you've also got that element when you're on the phone of competition coming in as well. Yes. Yeah. So the sense of competitiveness. Did did you do all kind, all lines of business or what were you sales, service, a bit of everything? Um, a little bit of everything. So I was um, when I was on the phone, it was inbound. 
Um, so it was uh, actually energy comparisons in the 2008 price increase. I know a lot of people kind of, we look back on that that period and, and still need wine mm. to cope with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that, that was when I was on the phones and then I got promoted into a outbound team leader role. And, and the sense of it, it's a different breed, outbounders. I, I absolutely yeah. adore them because it, it's it's driven by competition. It's driven by that that hunger and and, and that desire to outdo everybody around you. Um, and then I moved into customer service and looked a lot around um, kind of CX and at what point in the journey does the customer fall off the happy path and what can we do to help support that and maybe reduce contacts into the contact center that they needn't be there. Um, mm. So that was really fascinating. And, and the differences you can make by tweaks on the website and FAQs and changes in process and, and intelligent routing and OVR. Sorry, again, meandered off on, on a different path. <laughs> no, I, I love that because were you that kind of, you know, when you were team leader and then you said you went to, I, I'm guessing, contact center manager, right? Uh, I went to customer service manager before I went to contact center manager. Yeah. So I, I headed up the, the customer service team. Did you, uh, at that point, were you, again, because you've just said in like one sentence then, just how your mind works around, oh, the customer journey and can we do something with the IVR? Can we do something with the website? And then and then you've still got to manage your your team of people, right? And and some, some contact centers where I've been allow you to have that freedom. They don't think, why is the manager suddenly talking to us about the the website but equally I've been in places where they've kind of said you know get back in your lane you're just there to look after the people make sure we meet our service levels is that kind of um well what was your experience is an easy way to say it so um I mentioned earlier that I was really fortunate to have you know that that ability to to progress and to, to develop and we very much focused on kind of continuous improvement and, and how we can make changes. And I was a mm. huge advocate of the agent because I, quite often, you know, agents aren't given enough credit. They know more than anybody else in the business, what makes that business tick, what works well, what doesn't work for the customer, what improvements could be implemented simply that could actually make a real difference to either the customer experience, the agent experience, maybe the business overheads, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and it quite often you you you'll be missing that 360 feedback loop. So it's it's one of the things that I, I have always championed is that agents need to have a platform to be able to give feedback to the wider business and then actually see changes mm. being implemented off the back of that. Mm. It's so true. I've heard you talk about that before as well, actually. Um I can always remember asking some of the senior team who were responsible for a script we had once, because I, I was in outbound. And um, I was the manager and I was, I, we weren't involved in the development of the script, but when we got it, we just knew straight away it wasn't fit for purpose and it would confuse agents, confuse customers. It would just be, don't, don't even worry about, forget about sales. It wasn't even that. It was just more that it was just horrific. And um, I, I just asked some of the people behind it just to come and spend some time sat with the team do nothing but just listening and listen to them you know really willingly try to make a, the script work but to have the customers responding back going what are you talking about <laughs> you know yep. and it was again it's that if you'd have been involved 
the team, and when I say the team, I mean kind of the customer-facing team. In in some of the development, you would have we would have cut all this whole bit out and actually delivered a better service to what was you know even in a week like a a thousand customers, you know. So um, I'm with you, and that kind of loop, that kind of desire to see the whole journey that includes agents. How did has that stayed with you as you kind of looked you went into other roles as well absolutely and 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 definitely kind of when I went from looking at the customer service journey and and how that worked for the customer into that that um uh, project management head of transformational change role it, it was so important to actually have kind of like I, it sounds a bit cheesy but like a task force that mm involved different people within the organization because if it was something like a CRM system it's, it's how do people in different functions interact with it because I can put my call center hat on and my contact center hat on and go we needed to do this but that might not be what finance needed to do or business development needed to do so it's so important to include different elements of the, of the business when you're making any kind of major decision. Mm. For people that are listening who um, are quite early on in their career and they hear you then you're 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 very self-deprecating and that you're you know you just oh yeah and then I was head of um transformation but those kind of that kind of leaps and the um seniority you've reached in your career what advice would you give to people listening who might want to pursue a similar path and then maybe thinking am I up for it can I do it that's a great question really great question Martin um I wish I had a magic recipe that was like you just need to do these these things at this point but it's Mm. it's more about kind of a a willingness it's it's not about you know whether or not you know everything it's about are you willing to learn are you willing to support Mm. people um and 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 having that kind of attitude about wanting to just move up to the next stage there's a there's I find that as a contact centre, as an industry, you do see that kind of progression a lot quicker maybe than in other roles. And I think it's a really great place. If you're hungry and you want to progress, just talk to your manager, let them know that you want, you know, you want more responsibility. You want, you know, tell them that you want their job in the next two years, but, you know, let them know that that that's something that you desire and and just Mm. crack on and go for it. I love that. I always kind of, I would, I think because me and you have had such similar journeys and similar kind of um, experiences and outlook on on the career, I'll often say to people, I think you spend too long thinking about the things that you can't do so that you go, I'm not the finished, I'm not the finished article, I, I, I haven't enough management experience or I don't know enough, of, I don't know enough about the financials or and we kind of just gloss over um, our strengths because we don't like to talk about them. And if we, and if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, I might, I don't think I can go for the role because I'm not the finished article. <laughs> Newsflash: No one is. <laughs> just kind of, just kind of go for it, and you, you, you find, you find your place, don't you? You fit into the role that you that you get that probably feels a little bit scary at first. Absolutely. And I, I find that all the time when you're doing something new, because I'm moving out, out of kind of contact centre operations and into technology, it was it was a big change. It was a huge step change from what I was doing previously. 
And every time you need to do something that is outside of your comfort zone, and you and you're like, I don't know if I if I can do this, push on because every time it challenges you, you're growing as an individual. And that's, you know, every time I'm I'm standing up and talking about contact center and I'm maybe feeling a little bit nervous inside, I know that I'm growing off the back of that because mm. it's something that is challenging me and challenge is good. If you if you're forever in your comfort zone, you won't grow. Mm, I love that. At what point did you move from operations to technology and, and why? Just out of interest or what was it? Well, it was um it was an interesting time. There was a lot of change going on in the contact center I was in. And the role had shifted more into um, product development away from contact center operations. And whilst I love tech and I can really geek out about tech for hours, but that wasn't where my heart lies. I want to be talking about operations, consulting about operations, you know, um, providing thought leadership and, and, and having influence in that way, rather than maybe managing a team of developers and, and mm. producing platforms. Um, mm. So it was the right time for me to, to take a break and, and, and spend a little bit of time with my kids. That actually, it, it coincided with the start of the pandemic. Um, so it was, whilst it was scary and we were all going through this kind of massive mm. change, actually it was really nice because I got to be with my kids all the time and having worked for the previous you know 20 years without a break I didn't um and then I joined Jabra in the summer of the first year of the pandemic and yeah it's been it's been a whirlwind ever since really what's that whirlwind been like what have you been doing it's it's very broad and that's good because I I like a broad spectrum of, of responsibilities if if you have just one very small narrow channel it can become quite repetitive um, so I'm I work with marketing and I and I do a lot of um, work with the associations and um, speaking and, and conferences and things like that, which is great because it's great to go out there and meet contact centers and talk about the challenges that they're facing. And, you know, they, they tend to have a very common theme, but they may differ slightly by industry or vertical. Um, I also work with product marketing and, and our development to make sure that the products and the messages that we're delivering are actually, you know, going to land really well. Um, and I also work with our Jabra sales team as well to when they're talking to contact center customers, they'll quite often bring me into that conversation to, to kind of understand what the customer's challenges are and maybe provide us a, a bit of advice whilst we talk about a solution as well. Mm. And I guess the for you guys as well, the pandemic threw up a whole new set of um, challenges. Absolutely. Um, with, with everybody going home, the demand, we've never seen anything like it um, because obviously mm. everybody needed a new kit. It was like trying yeah. to get hold of a laptop or, or trying to get hold of a headset during the start of the pandemic was impossible. Um, and we, we, we spend a lot of time talking to our contact center customers and, and to all of our customers across the board to understand kind of what their challenges are now and, and how does the new ways of working and hybrid working affect them. And we, we, we do a lot of um, surveys and, and data gathering to understand actually, are people happy at home and, and do they have the right equipment to be able to work so that we can actually help support and, and um provide the right level of service to our customers mm. and what a lovely position to be in because I know when um, we've had some chats prior to this we invariably just end up talking about uh, the industry that we love and where we're at at the moment your role lends itself to 
like you say, you, 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 you're with all the associations, you're with your customers, you're also with, you know, just in other um, locations where, such as a conference, such as webinars and, you know, forums and that kind of thing. What, what, what's, and this is a big question, but the overall kind of mood music like for our industry at the moment? It's, it's a tricky time in the contact centre, and I think you'll probably agree with that as well. Um, yeah. It's, it's, we, we've tried to put it into a, a, an easily condensed version. There are a lot of challenges at the moment around agent retention um and and attrition rates and that has a huge impact on the wider business um it's it's driven by the cost of living it's being driven by different requirements from a new generation that's coming in generation z have very different expectations of the working world than we've seen previously um it's being driven by um a need for high autonomy on where and when they work Mm. um and all of these things are, are leading to agent attrition rates being really high, which in turn leads to um, just a knock-on effect of a problem. You're constantly backfilling. So you, you've mm-hmm. got agents that are, are, are quite young in the, the life cycle, which means that they're not delivering as much as, say, a fully seasoned worker would or a fully tenured worker. Um, then you've got a lack of succession planning as well. So if people aren't mm-hmm. sticking around... Um, where does that next level of middle management come from? Where do your team leaders come from and your senior advisors? So it's it's such a challenging time for the contact centre. And, and yeah, I, I can't see it easing in, in the short term. It seems to me a little bit like it's, because I love what you said then about um, which generation is it? Are we saying it's Z? I think it's I, Z. I always leave, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The further away I get from it, um, the harder it is to remember which letter it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, I loved what you said about um, the kind of the autonomy of when, where, and I guess how they, uh, uh, big generalisation, but they, how they prefer to, to work is fascinating because it seems to me like we're, we're in a bit of a race that we're, there's so much advancement in really great technology conversational AI and digital assistance that it means that actually when it gets to an agent you want the agent to be a problem solver and have to deal with that nuanced emotional situations and really plug into them as critical thinkers and an expert you know and human that human element which would be a far more interesting role than just transactional mm-hmm. but it's see but if we can't deliver that consistently across the board soon then we ask we because we already are struggling to attract talent aren't we so mm-hmm. it's about how we how we do that on on scale whilst also accommodating people that probably might want to say you know what I like it I like the vibe I like the fact that I can progress quickly I like the fact that I can get involved with cutting edge technology but I don't fancy doing this for eight hours a day, thanks. I'm, I've got a side hustle. I've got this. I'm going to do. I'm going to do this so I can give you two and a half hours today, three hours on a Wednesday. You know, and I think that kind of agility. We're going to have to reflect that agility. 
No, I, I completely agree. It's 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 a huge step change from where we were previously around, you know, people not wanting zero hour contracts and and, and people, you know, wanting to have a fixed eight hour a day. We're not there anymore. And that, and that becomes really challenging about how do you provide a rotor around that? How do you mm. staff for your peaks? Because mm. it's it's it, it's incredibly hard to make sure that you're delivering those SLAs, even when you know you've got X number of 37 and a half hour a week FTE. But if, mm. you, if you're then having to plot around, you know, an agent that wants to give you 14 hours one week and maybe 10 hours the week after, it, it's just almost impossible. Mm. How does this all, um, with, with the development that you guys are doing, and I know you're always, you're very conscious of um, the social element of what you do and um, being, being, kind of positive role models within our ecosystem and all of that kind of stuff but from a from a tech point of view does it is that a distraction and that you just got to keep going on and developing tech or do you have to consider it especially when you have home workers and and all of that kind of thing or does it does it not really come into play We're always in, in, in our product development team, we're always looking at kind of what are the current challenges at the moment mm. and, and then trying to, I mean, obviously, the, if there are very specific challenges, we may not be able to produce something that, that covers just exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. You can't but, recruit but, agents. <laughs> yeah. But the thing like um, the, the most common complaint that we hear from contact centers is background noise. And that mm. actually is the same whether they're in the office or working from home it's just a different type of background noise because in the office you'll have the kind of general you know depending on the size of the contact yeah. center hubbub you yeah. know or raw yeah. of, of yeah. the the conversation going on around um but at home it may be a dog barking or the doorbell going yeah. or the washing machine yeah. kicking into spin cycle <laughs> in the background yeah. um so we we try and make sure that when we're developing a product we go right well, what are the current challenges you know how can we produce something that that covers both that hybrid scenario because mm. we know that you know as much as contact centers would love to get everybody back in to build that rapport and to you know nurture those relationships I just don't think it's going to happen hybrid mm. I think is here to stay and it's being driven by people's requirements of autonomy mm. yeah it's an interesting one isn't it because so do you think then it's never going to be like it was before the pandemic I don't think it will be. I don't think that we will that we'll see it exactly the same way it was. I think mm. now that people have had that freedom to work from home, there'll always be a requirement that they can have a couple of days where they just don't, you know, they can work in their pajamas and and not have to go into the office. But there'll still be that Who element. Doesn't of people. like that. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> shoes? What are shoes? Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, but but needing to go into the office to to still have that ability to collaborate and to to bounce ideas off people and and you know just generally have that that banter. I love going into the office, but sporadically. <laughs> mm. And when you're, I don't want to steal your thunder because we're both talking at the expo. What, what's the title of your talk? We are looking at well-being in agents and how um technology can help protect your frontline workers brilliant i don't want to 
can you can you talk about any of that or or not <laughs> well that's 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 giving out spoilers isn't it <laughs> i know maybe t- maybe call it teasers or a trailer or a teaser okay how do i how do i talk about it we've we've kind of skirted around a lot of 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 kind of the the lead the the start of the um session in this conversation which is about how difficult it is for contact centers at the moment mm. and the main problem that they're focusing on is agent um well-being agent uh mental health and and, and an agent uh, engagement because if you <laughs> you can't delight your customers if you've got no agents to do so no. and then we talk mm. about how technology can help impact that um and and how technology can be leveraged whether it's in the office or whether it's at home as well well I'm definitely, as long as it's not at the same time as mine, I'm definitely going to be there. <laughs> and I promise I won't heckle. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. Although it may break the ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, um, just talking about um, speaking, was it, has it been with Jabra? Is that the first time that you've done it or did you do it before? I've not done speaking in the same way that I have with Jabra. Um, so before it would be kind of addressing contact centre um, agents or managers uh, delivering training train the trainer sessions that kind of thing so there's always been an element of having to stand up and talk to people which is fine um that's that's no problem it, the outbound pre-shifts were always my favorite um as you yeah, can imagine <laughs> um but yeah from from a jabra point of view it, it kind of calls on there was a brief period where i did some consultancy and really just kind of how do i pull from my experience and try and share some knowledge that people may find may find helpful. Mm. Do you get nervous? Yeah, I do. But I think nerves are good. Because if you weren't nervous, you it just to me it shows that you don't care. So I, mm. I you know, my nerves is driven by the fact that I'm I'm maybe somewhat of a perfectionist and I, I want to do things really, really well. So that's, you know, it's good to have those nerves. Definitely. Well, you mentioned it before because that's a sign that you're that you're developing because you are definitely not in your comfort zone if you're feeling nervous about undertaking a an activity exactly it's it's all growth isn't it so every time I do something new every time I'm doing something that you know is 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 pushing those nerves inside of me I'm growing my career I'm growing my my skill set and and hopefully you know increasing the amount that's on um my cv increasing my range of skills you know it's all about development and that's always been the way that I like to be managed and I like to manage others it's it's not necessarily just what's happening now it's where are we taking you how do we how do we progress together along this route Mm, I love that I think that's brilliant when you when you look ahead to the the future of our industry and um, what you guys are up to what what excites you the most tech <laughs> and there's that inner geek <laughs> coming out with me again there's there's a lot of very clever technology um that that's out on the market at the moment and and due to come out on the market we've ourselves have just launched our our first ever um ai software that looks at emotion um and looks at not what's being said but how it's being said so it's looking at the engagement levels of the customer with your brand and at the agents with the process of what they're doing on a day in day out basis um and 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 these kind of developments are really really exciting because you can actually see it's not about here's a product how can we sell it it's about here's a product look at the benefits that that brings 
and mm. I love having those conversations. So just say that again. The it's the AI it within within headsets or within kit or so it uses the um the voice signal uh through a digital headset, obviously through a Jabra digital headset, um, which then analyzes the tone of voice. So it's looking at the pace, the tone, the intonation and the volume to wow. provide a real time. So it's not it's not post call, it's real time happening. The agencies at the management can see it. Um, score of how engaged the agent is with dealing with that customer and also how engaged the customer is with your agent and with your brand wow that's brilliant because I guess then straight away now my mind's going like, like you said this could happen <laughs> with both of us um, you could look at could you look at then specific call outcomes or you could look at complaints for example and say how how do they differ and well, the, the 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 use case that kind of appeals to me the most, if I put my old contact centre manager hat on. So in the old days, I used to be able to sit at my desk and I would hear an agent's voice coming up and you'd be like, OK, that, that agent's got a nasty customer on the phone or a grumpy customer. Mm. And you would you'd kind of be like, oh, is she dealing with it? Is, is it all going OK? And then maybe you take a wander over there. How How's that call going? And then the phone would go down and the agent would burst into tears. Um, mm. And that happened quite frequently. I mean, you've probably experienced it as well. Yeah. And then at that yeah. point, you take them off for a cup of coffee or they go outside. Everyone got used area. to me crying in the end, though. <laughs> but you, you, you would, um, you would kind of have a bit of a debrief post that call. You'd mm. sit with them and talk about yeah. what happened and make sure that they were okay to carry on with what they were doing. You wouldn't just be like, "Oh, pull yourself together, crack on." Yeah. Mm. If you put that into a hybrid scenario and they're working from home. How do you see that happening? How mm -hmm. do you know when that agent's had that call if they don't come and tell you? Mm -hmm. And then what happens is they'll hang up the phone, they'll be really upset, but they'll just crack on. And then they'll take it out on the customer and the customer after that. And, the, and then it's a bit of a vicious cycle. Actually, with our system, you can set alerts. So if a customer comes in hot, if they're angry, you can actually get an alert from your system straight away that says, agent Sarah has got a customer on the phone that's really cross. So that you can be yeah. there on teams going, are you okay? Do you need me to help? Do you need to escalate this? And, and yeah. just provide them with that level of support. But also That's jump great. on a call with them after that call's finished yeah. to provide that debrief. So it doesn't then become a, you know, an agent sitting at home, dealing with horrible customers, hating what they're doing, you know, looking for a new job when they're not on calls, that kind of thing. That's brilliant. Yeah, I love that. Because you're going to be, le you're going to be less inclined. Let's say you only catch up with your team leader at the end of your shift and this happened in the middle of the day as long as you've got back on taking calls you kind of less you might say oh yeah I had an awful call earlier but the damage is still being done isn't it because that is exactly as you to your point this is unless you've got somebody reminding you that they're few and far between let's see let's see I'm sure there was nothing you could have done differently but I'm here for you, this happens, all that kind of stuff, rather than people just going, right, yeah, this, this isn't for me, I can't do it. Yeah, it's kind of the difference between uh, a culture where support is provided post those calls mm. or a culture where it's an expectation that they just happen and you need to deal with that. And mm. again, it comes back to this kind of different expectations of different generations and, you know, they've all got their side hustles. Are they going to stick around having customers shout at, at them? Mm. 
well, actually, they could be doing something else. So yeah. I think it's really, really important that we look at, at not just, you know, how do we manage an agent, but how do we manage an agent expectation and experience as a whole? And where can we provide additional support? And we're, there's lots of yeah. talk about mental health support, mental health first aiders, employee assistance, that kind of thing. It's about that 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 support piece and that nurturing in a way. I love that. How do you, um, how can you use it for just more generic coaching? Oh, absolutely. And it's really, really helpful. I, I, I presume uh, at some point you will have, have lost hours of your life like I have at trying to find calls. That, that horrible <laughs> yeah. just searching through call yeah. after call, trying to find those really good calls for coaching or those really bad ones. Actually, this just gives them all to you in a, in a nice, neat, here are your bad calls, here are your really good calls. And, and it becomes then a much more focused experience about how do we provide the right level of coaching? You know, mm. do we want to be really listening to the same call over and over and over again at random? Well, actually, should we be looking at, you know, where do we need to provide that level of support? And here are our, you know, exceptional calls that we can use as coaching examples. This is great. This is brilliant. Because something, you know, just, you're not talking about just a headset here, are you? Talking about a whole way of being able to manage your team. Because it's always struck me as odd, actually, that we, as an industry, we don't spend enough time looking at our how the communication tools, our voices, you know, how good we are at listening, and spending the majority of our time focusing on on that. And this is going to give even inexperienced team leaders plenty of meaningful data or actionable data. That they can have good converse, good coaching conversations with their team. Exactly. There's, there's, you know, I I come from a background where you pick a calls at random, and it may be two, three calls per agent per mm. week, something like that. Mm. And it's a tiny snapshot that you use to go, well, that agent is doing a good job, or that agent needs support, mm. or that agent, you know, mm. is my best. It's it's a tiny, tiny snapshot, but you actually get a, a hundred percent view of everything that's going on all the calls, all the scores. And it's, it's, it's really, you can have, at times in the contact centre, you can have too much data. You've got data being churned out of every system. Yeah. It's all retrospective. So it's all happened in the past. You can't do anything to fix it. This is data that's actually really valuable on a real-time basis as well. Mm. But like I said, I'm a geek. I can, I can waffle for hours. <laughs> that's fine. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is something, and it, again you mentioned in your kind of journey that you did actually spend some time in MI as well right yes yeah trying to it, it was I think it was for about a couple of years that it was it was MI and performance improvement so it was looking at all the data that's being churned out of the system but also the policies and the processes that sit behind that as well and mm. trying to understand what picture the data is painting because if you don't have a way to consume the data it all becomes meaningless so mm. it, it was you know pivot table after pivot table after pivot table until it actually created yeah. this picture of well actually there's a problem here that we need to address and actually if we just put this step in the process it resolves that problem mm. so it, it it was it was a great job because it was um there was a huge amount of autonomy around what I did I had a target of a 10% improvement, whether that was through agent time saving or, or, 
you know, 10% uplift on the bottom line, but it was a 10% target. And that, that was my remit. And it was great. I got to dip into every single process and go, actually, we can make some improvements here and, and involving people within those teams um, to make sure that, you know, it was met with um, acceptance rather than resistance. And, you know, yeah. it, it was it was a great time. It was a really good time. It, it helped kind of round off my knowledge of the contact centre because it wasn't specifically a department I was running. I sat over the processes of every department. Well, that kind of spread of experience is definitely helpful for us in the industry now with your kind of bringing that to, to bear and talking and um, helping to influence thought leadership at a time when we're, we're going to need it and we're going to need that the sort of technology as well that you guys are, are bringing, but with a real focus on, on agents. So um, we're going to have to talk about this again, definitely. Absolutely. Just, just to see... Um, fast forward a few months or a month or so and see where we're where we're at but um Jeanette Hunter from um, Jabra thanks very much for coming on the show I've really enjoyed it you're very welcome Martin thanks ever so much for having us and see you at the expo absolutely and, and feel free to heckle <laughs> Good. well likewise <laughs> <laughs> thank you fab <laughs> <laughs>